welcome to the Relentless Pursuit podcast. A great task remains, and we all have a role we can play. But what do we do with the questions we have about missions, about walking with God, about ourselves? Well, here's a space for us to wrestle and discover together. We don't have to have it all figured out to take our next step. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. Today, I'm thrilled to hear from Junia. You're going to hear our conversation. Junia has been working with Pioneers for about 11 years now, so she's just someone that I really trust. I love her wisdom, and we're going to lean into the conversation today of singleness. So today, you're going to hear our conversation about her experience with singleness on the field as a missionary and being a team leader, someone who oversees other workers, oversees as a single woman. So she's going to share with us a bit more of what she has seen to be the advantages and almost like the unique privileges and, and the gift of singleness. But she'll also just open up about what are the disadvantages or the ways that she feels almost like discriminated against and and the, the ways that it just is a challenge to be single overseas. So lean in with us today. I'm thrilled for you to hear our honest conversation from someone who I just respect a lot for her perspective and her godliness and wisdom. So here we are, my conversation with Junia. Y'all, I am pumped to talk with Junia today. She is someone that I've known now for a little while working um, at the base. And so I'm thrilled y'all get to meet her. Um, welcome, Junia. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, totally. This this topic of singleness is something that I'm very excited to talk to you about today because I, yeah, I'm passionate about it. I know that you're passionate about it. And I think we have a lot to learn from you today. So I kind of want to just jump in. Is that Okay. Yeah, I would love to jump in. <laughs> Good. Cool. Um, okay, so I kind of want to just start in a place of I want to hear, you know, throughout your ministry, um, I know you've done a lot of speaking at events too, and, and you've gone to conferences and and you've also been to a lot of conferences where you've heard other speakers and a lot of these were even missions conferences. So kind of learning what what is singleness, you know, within missions look like. And so I want to hear from you almost uh, what have been the most challenging statements you've heard, you know, at these conferences, in conversation, even at church, whatever it is, and so on, regarding someone's singleness? What have been the most challenging, kind of even weird things you've heard? Yeah, I would I would love to share some. I will say first, I say all of this out of compassion. And um, I know some of this is spurred out of people not knowing what to say and trying to bridge totally. the gap. So I want to say that first. Plus, I do do a lot of public speaking, so I understand sometimes saying things and wanting it back, but but I'm, I'm quite happy to share some of the things that I have heard. Um, and there's and there's many I could share. If you ask any single that have been that has been in ministry for a long time, they they will have their own stories. So just to share a few of them. Um, after being on the field for multiple years, I had this really sweet lady after I spoke up in front, a really sweet lady that came up to me at this church. And she said, Junia, I just want you to know, I have prayed for you every single day that you've been on the field. I have prayed for you to get married. And I was completely shocked because I'm not yeah. even sure if she, <laughs> I didn't, I don't know if she actually knew what country I served in. Um, I never expressed that as a strong desire. It was just something that she assumed that I wanted her to be praying for. And it, it just, it completely caught me off guard. Yeah, totally. Totally. 
but again, very sweet lady. And I appreciate her praying every day. So that was one of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, another one is I remember hearing a sermon and the pastor was trying to connect with people that were listening. So he was saying, oh, I know many of you here are going through a really hard time. Some of you are going through a time of chemotherapy. You have cancer. Others of you have lost someone close to you. Some of you are single. <gasps> oh, man. It was <laughs> like I, he was comparing cancer with singleness. Absolutely. And I oh. I was kind of slouched in my chair. And I, I ended up sitting up really straight when he said that. And yeah. then I turned to my friend. I was like, did he, did he just say that? You know, did he just compare cancer and the death of a spouse with singleness, you know? And so it was kind so of interesting. Yeah. It was really interesting. And I, I, it just was really, it was really surprising to me. And yeah, that was another Definitely. one. Oh um, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then at the, the most recent one, just a couple of months ago, I was at a missions conference and there was a married couple on stage and very happily married. And the wife said, um, single women, I want to speak directly to you and just say that if you want to get married and that's holding you back from being on the field, just pray and God will bring a spouse uh, to you. Oh, almost like a, like a magic formula of like, yeah. maybe do this and then, and then it will happen or, or something. Yeah. And it was, I understand what she's saying. Cause some, some people really do desire to get married and maybe that is God's will for them to go with a spouse. I'm not saying that's wrong, sure. but it, it, yeah. it was, yeah. but it was, it was, I felt like a missed opportunity to maybe say that as here's one thing you can do, but there are other things that you can be praying about. There are other ways that you can respond to that um, yeah. status or that season of life. So I felt like it was a missed opportunity and could be very easily misinterpreted. Yeah. Um, but it was just, it was just another example. And she was speaking in front of hundreds and hundreds of college students. Oh yeah. That's a really unique kind of audience too, to be hearing something like that at such a, yeah. yeah, a younger time in their life, I guess. And that's, yeah. Okay. I'm glad we kind of led with this because now <laughs> I feel like I have so much to learn from you and I'm excited to hear what God has, um, revealed to you over the years and, and how your passion has grown. So let's back up actually, because now I want to hear where did this all begin for you as far as your ministry? So take us back to where kind of your journey of global mission began. Yeah. For my part, I don't have a story that I think is that I would, when I was growing up, I had an idea of what every missionary looked like and it's not what my story is. And so, oh, can I ask what you thought that they looked like, missionary lives? Yeah, I thought every missionary had the Bible memorized and they were all very super oh, yeah. spiritual and right they knew all the right answers and they all had perfect backgrounds and they were just super spiritual people. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that is not me. <laughs> so I don't think that's a lot of people, but I see why you, why you definitely had that interpretation. I can agree with that. Yeah, so that was that was my inter that was my understanding of what missions were like, what missionaries okay. were when I was a kid. So that that is not my background. Well, where did it all begin for you then? Yeah, so I actually did not grow up in a I did not grow up in a Christian home and did not become a believer until I was actually a senior in high school, and that was through hearing the gospel and finally understanding it for the first time, understanding I was a sinner, understanding about who Jesus was and who I was, and that's when I became a believer. It was my senior year in high school, and 
I would say that's when I was saved. Um, but that I kind of treated that as I've heard people say that's kind of your fire insurance card. Um, hmm. That was that was my experience. I went to a an event. I believe I was saved, um, but I thought that was the end of the story. That my my Christian life was done, and I could just kind of the goal was just to go do whatever I wanted after that. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. That was kind of my understanding. So that was my senior year in high school. And by God's grace, God continued to pursue me after that um, and showed me that we are to continue walking in, with him and in him. And it's not just a one-time decision. And I can say that I am incredibly grateful for that. That is God's desire for us to walk with him, to walk with Emmanuel and to be in him. So that's kind of it. So the first step for me was becoming a believer um, when I was a senior in high school, but through college uh, was when my life really turned around and really, I would say pretty pivotal and miraculous ways. Yeah. So just for example, as far as going into, and it's intertwined with ministry. So my sophomore year in college was the first time I was involved at a church. Um, I was involved in a Bible study. I was being discipled for the first time and I was really growing in my faith and understanding what it was like to have a personal relationship with God. And then that same time was when I took perspectives on the world Christian movement, mm. oh, yeah. um, a class that maybe other people have heard about um, that teaches about God's heart for the nations and finding our place in it. And so this was all happening my sophomore year in college. And that was really instrumental for me. Um, and it was, it was huge. I highly recommend that to any, to anybody that's able to take that. Class. Oh, I'll second that. Yeah, yeah it definitely. Is, it's a risk though. I will say it's a risk. <laughs> it's yeah. Okay. Well describe to me why you think it's a risk. Cause I feel like I have my own interpretation, but I'm curious what you think. It's a good risk. I'll say it that way because I, <laughs> yeah, I went into it and my posture was I'm a new believer. I don't know much about this. I hadn't, read much of scripture. I, again, I was growing a lot in my faith, but I was the one that sat in the back and just took in information, did not involve myself a lot, but just listened. And I remember comparing myself to other people in the class thinking, I'm not as smart. I'm not as spiritual. I'm safe. I'm in the back. You know, yeah. and you hear all these incredible stories from these missionary leaders and these things. And then finally, this missionary gets up there and he says, it's not those that are up front that are really involved, that are likely to go. It's usually the person that's in the back that's taking oh. in all the information. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> and when he said that, I was so scared. I, I honestly yeah. say I was, I was scared. Oh my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> so, rightfully so. <laughs> I, was, I, I wanted to get a front row seat instead of a back door seat after yeah, that. Yeah, totally. So, or back row seat. So, <laughs> um, But yeah, it was true. Through that, um, at the end of the that class, they – they encourage you to um, take a role that you feel like God is calling you to, whether it's to be a mm. sender, um, a mobilizer, or someone that goes. And I just, I just really felt like God, to my surprise, was calling me to be one that goes. And then after that, I took short-term mission trips, and through short-term mission trips, started understanding more of what missionaries do. That it, my stereotypes were wrong. That there's a place for all giftings. And just um, just different types of people. It was my short term trips were really instrumental for me. Um, yeah. And then little by little, I ended up coming to serve in long term ministry. And it's I think it's it's as surprising to me as it is anybody else that I'm I'm doing what I'm doing. <laughs> well, I'm 
gosh, I'm so grateful. God put it on your heart to do that. I've I've loved following your story and your ministry since I've known you or heard about you. And uh, I'm really grateful that um, God put it on your heart to be a goer. And I, I agree. I, I, I love that. I mean, for anyone listening who's, you know, been able to encounter the class perspectives, I mean, I'm so glad. And, and I hope that everyone gets a chance to encounter it. But like you said, it's like you can think through even and, and ask God and begin to pray through the roles kind of that we can assume even at different points of our life. I mean, you know, it can change, I think, as our, our lives go on. But um, yeah, for those who feel such a strong pull towards being a goer, it's so unique. And I and I love that people can respond to that out of obedience and and then prepare to go. And it's it's just exciting, I think, to to see how that works and and um how God sends you. And so, yeah, you mentioned you did some short-term trips, and but then you got involved with kind of your long-term ministry plans um, overseas. And so I want to hear more about that of, you know, I guess I'm curious, what did you think needed to happen or what did you expect to have done before you would have gone overseas long-term, if that makes sense? Yeah, I I would say I expected it to be easy. <laughs> like, oh, okay. I would say, oh, okay, God is calling me into missions and therefore this is what he wants. Therefore it's gonna yes. be smooth sailing. You know, that's what <laughs> yeah, that's what I would say change. I expected. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and was it? Can you report back it, now? Was it easy? It, it was not it was not smooth sailing, but I am okay, really grateful perfect. that it wasn't. But that was probably something I was expecting. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm glad it wasn't, you know, but it wasn't. What made it be so challenging? Or what do you think has been kind of looking back like, oh, that that wasn't so easy or, or smooth sailing? Well, I mean, God, you know, what's that verse? Or some, but there's a saying that um, he, oh, I can't remember what it says. Something about him whispering. <laughs> it's, okay. it's something like him whispering in our, in our highs, but shouting in our struggles. It's something like that. Oh, and, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it's, I think... The reason I think it was is that I think one of the things that I think people need to understand is that God is always calling us to him as being his disciples, whether we are, you know, living in Kansas City, Missouri, or in Beirut, Lebanon, our first yes. calling is to him. Yeah. And I think for me, I think one of the things he wanted to teach me and remind me is that my first calling is as a disciple. It's not as a missionary. It's mm. not as a church planner. It's not as anything else except for him. And so I think okay, I was getting... again, I don't want people to miss that. Say that part again, <laughs> your, your first calling. My first calling is as a disciple, as his child, as his, yeah, as his child, that's it. And that's to love him with all my heart, soul, strength, and mind. That's, mm -hmm. that's my first calling is for that. And then everything I do on top of that is secondary. And I, before I went to the field, I was getting mixed up. <laughs> so sure. And so I think that's part of, that was part of my journey coming on the field was just being reminded that that's my, my first love needs to be him and not, not missions or adventure or anything like that. Oh, that's so good. Junia, I'm, I'm thrilled you just said that. Um, I mean, even for me, I love that as just a, <laughs> as a sweet reminder of, of what God has called me to first and foremost, mm -hmm. and that's himself um, to enjoy him, to, to be full of, of delight from the father and, and I think that is a good point, actually, in in people's pursuit of global mission. I think it 
can feel so confusing of, you know, maybe God will only be proud of me or, or, or be loving to me if I can do this right, or if I can get there in a good timely manner, or if there is a fruitful ministry abroad or whatever, you know, X, Y, and Z, whatever it is. But, um, so I think for you to look back at your time and realize, okay, you know, it got a little blurry back there. Like it, it did feel confusing for a minute of, of what my, you know, first loyalty was to, but, um, I'm so thankful that, that God has, um, revealed that to you over time too. Yeah. And I'll, I'll just say that when people, when people ask me what, what is the best thing that I can do to prepare to go on the field? These are people preparing to go on the field, you know, maybe in the next couple yeah. of weeks, months and years. Okay. Yeah. I a hundred percent will say to them, the number one thing you can do is just pursue God first. That is the number one thing. <laughs> it's just keep that primary because yeah. it's it's really easy to let the good get in way of what's most important. And I think those in ministry can have this struggle, but truly, we, we truly are called to him and God in his grace will remind us of that, whether he needs to do it just um, in a, in a, in a light way or in, or shouting at us, <laughs> he will in yeah. his grace remind us of those things. Yeah. In your pursuit then of getting ready to be on the field. Um, okay. So now I'd love to kind of just transition us into like, you know, you're preparing for long-term missions and, um, singleness. So was that something where you thought, well, maybe I should get married before I go? Or were you thinking, no, let's just do this thing. And <laughs> I'm going regardless of my marital status or yeah. What did that look like for you kind of as you prepared? I think for me, um, I didn't really think about it too much until other people started pointing it out to me. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's honestly, my background is, um, been pretty independent, I think, to a fault. And okay. I, I'm kind of struck by how oftentimes in the church that singleness is often treated as a problem to be fixed mm. <laughs> um, and not an opportunity. And, and I want to say that with grace because I, I know I, I 100% think the family and having godly families is so needed and, man, is, it's so needed in today's world. But I think we often miss out on the opportunity or miss out on affirming how singleness can also be used by God for his purposes and also in our lives. So for me personally, as I was preparing to, preparing to go for the, to the field as a single, I, I didn't really think too much about it until other people started pointing it out and wondering how I felt about it and if I had thought about it and um, yeah, what, how I was preparing to go as a single person. As they began mentioning it to you, did it stir up any kind of fear or concern or were you, were you feeling any kind of bitterness or what was maybe like the predominant feeling when people began mentioning it to you? I think as far as the feel, I mean, I think maybe it was more awakening some awareness of, of what would be struggles on the field. So when people are asking questions, I had been uh, minimizing some of the challenges of being single on the field and preparing to go on the field as a single, you know, like. I don't know. When you're a single person, you have to kind of do everything on your own. You can't share responsibilities and those types of things. So sure. um, I think that was, they kind of helped me become more aware of that. And then I will say, I don't know if, yeah, I, they probably awakened some fears because it did help me kind of to think ahead a little bit of, oh man, what is it going to be like if I go on the field and I don't have a 
close community? Am I going to be safe? Is God, gonna, is God going to provide for all of my needs? Am I making a big mistake? You know, yeah. what if I'm yeah. single forever? You know, like, so I think, I don't think it was because people were asking, but I, I think God did use it to kind of make me more aware of some things that were there, but it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's hard to articulate what was because people were pushing it and what was already there and making me yeah. more aware of it. That's no, that's a good point. It's that I'm glad you made that distinction. Um, wow. Okay. So I, <laughs> I'm tracking with you. I, I'm, I'm, I'm in this. I, um, I'm trying to rewind the clock even to picture, you know, even as, uh, my husband and I were considering our kind of approach to global mission. A lot of these questions were on my mind as well. And so I love that um, I, I'm trying to picture even everyone listening today, kind of considering themselves and their status of, well, you know, how can I think through it well if that's something that is on my heart, like a like a desire that I do have someday is to be married, but I also would like to pursue global mission. Um, I'm curious if you could share with us maybe – what are really good things to think through? As um, we can start kind of specific now, and then maybe as we as we talk, it'll kind of you know broaden out. But let's start right now, like as a single woman, uh, mm-hmm. what are things that you think really are you know good to think through in terms of relationship status and kind of your long term status overseas, maybe even location? If you could just kind of share with us, maybe what are really good questions to ask yourself about? Um, yeah, is this the right time to go? Yeah, it's such a huge topic. It's so I know. When, when people I ask me this so question, my mind goes in about a million and a half different directions. <laughs> I'm so, so sorry. I feel like I set you up so poorly just now. But yeah, tackle it however you want to, I guess. Well, I I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind, um, as far as questions to ask and kind of lean into, uh, too oftentimes we think about and we think about things that we're we can't do versus what we're called to. Like what are we forbidden from versus called to? And so again, right. just kind of going back to we're called to Christ, we're called to live in him, we're called to pursue him. And then as a single woman, you can even be, or single man too. I want to make sure we talk about single men too. Yes, yes, but it's, I agree. When we, when we think about a single, we know what marriage can be a picture of, which is Christ and the church, but we don't often think about what singleness can be a picture of and how kingdom and gospel truths can uniquely be reflected in a a um, like a God glorifying single life. And so when I think about the questions asked, I would be asking those types of questions kind of on the big scale, like a macro scale first. If God is calling me to singleness and my current status, whether I'm 20 years old or 40, or I'm single again for one reason or another, mm-hmm. asking those questions, what does this mean? And what am I called to? And we are mm-hmm. all called you know, to pursue Christ. And I think a single has a unique opportunity to show um, the sufficiency of Christ in a unique way. And then we're all called to glorify him. And then there's ways of, in your singleness, glorifying God um, in ways that are unique and add to his kingdom. So those are kind of more of the macro type. No, <laughs> type no, 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 totally. Yeah. I love that you just said, um, you know, maybe perhaps in a marriage relationship, there's a glimpse there of how God described his affection for the church. So I'm, I love that you said that because I'm curious then what, what would that mean for a single then? Like, is, does it mean they miss out on the glimpse of God and the church in that relationship because they aren't married? Or what does that mean? How, how can a single person then experience the same type of relationship and sweetness that as God described in that way? 
Well, it's interesting because I, I just to play off your words, um, if I if I never get married in this life, I will be part of the bride of Christ later on. Um, I will miss out on the gifts of marriage, but I will also say that there's so much that can be gained through being single too. So I think of, you know, where Paul talks about in Corinthians, where it talks about both of them are gifts. And I know that's kind of a sensitive passage to talk about, you know, so I think about that. Um, But there are, there are tremendous gifts and, and one of the things, and I don't want to be too repetitive, but I just, I think too oftentimes we just miss out on encouraging singles to live their singleness to the glory of God. And just as a practical example of this, um, I, I have now been part of cross-cultural ministry, I think for like 11 or 12 years, something like that. And the only person, the only, the only being, the only person that knows me, that knows Junia, um, in the States and also on the field and all the other traveling that I go to is God. That's the only person, that's the only constant in my life. Yeah. The, the only constant in my life is that, you know, and I'm not saying that's easy, but I say there's kind of a beauty to that. Um, or we talk about God being a refuge and God being a sustainer and a shield and protector. Um, just some, re- I'll say just from a personal viewpoint, I think there's some um, added uh, awareness of that when you are single and you're um, living the life that kind of we're called to be doing that. So that's, that's one thing to think about. Um, and that's one of the things to kind of lean into. Um, and then some of the other questions too, is that we're not called to be alone either though. And I want to be clear about that. Um, there's so many things to talk about with us, but Jesus had his relationship with the father, but he also had close relationships with the three and then also the 12. So we're also singles too are supposed to be connected in community. And so that would actually be another question too. So if I can condense everything I just said, I would say (laughs) (laughs) thinking, thinking through what God has called you to as a single person. Um, but then also just, yeah, that'd probably be the number one thing, but then also on a very practical level, how to be in community and be living that out um, in fullness as well. So that'd probably be the first things that I think of. That's Although there's so a lot. Good. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know. I feel like we should have a whole series about, about this topic. I uh, I love that. Um, I want to make sure I don't just repeat everything you just said because I, I really enjoy um, hearing about just the the unique delight that singles can take part in, like, as you mentioned. And I also, I, I think I've loved that you've been using the language opportunity so much Mm -hmm. because I don't want it to seem like, you know, oh, there's only certain gifts you get this way. And if you don't, if you aren't married, then forget it, you know, because obviously it's like, well, man, God's going to meet each of us, you know, specifically to, to build um, a great father, daughter, father, son relationship with us, you know, whether we're married or not. I mean, God's going to pursue us in that way. And um, I pray that we are all um, greatly in love with God and we pursue him, pursue the father. So I don't want to sound like, you know, if you go overseas as a married person, then you're not going to be able to experience the sweetness that yeah. God would have if you're single or, you know, or vice versa. Um, so I, I don't want to paint a picture in that way, but I'm so glad that you could communicate that so well for us of um, kind of the responsibility then that you would have as a single person to still pursue community, to, to still not go at it alone. There's, there's still a call to go with others, whether you're married or not. Like, you know, there's still that really sweet invitation on your life. And so 
Can you describe to us? I mean, I, I also am glad you mentioned you've been overseas now for like 11 years. Or Is that what you said? Was it 11? Yeah, it's been involved in, I think it's been nine or 10 years. I'm sorry, I don't know exactly. Nine or 10 oh, years on the field okay. and, then, and then three years <laughs> okay. um, working in mobilization as well, like mobilization and training. That's right. Okay. So yeah. over the last you know decade, what has it looked like for you to participate on teams and to serve overseas um, as a single woman? What has what have been the opportunities you've had? I guess that you've been thankful for and you you've learned from. I guess in your in your ministry. Yeah. So one of one of the um, pictures that I love in scripture is how again, like what you had said, is that we're all called to be. Um, children, we're all sons and daughters of God, and we're all co-laborers, and we're all brothers and sisters. And That's so, right. yeah. when I think about being on a team, um, I think of my brothers, and I think of my sisters, and I think of my co-laborers. I don't think in terms of who's single and who's married, even though both have their advantages and disadvantages. Let's be honest about that. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. That's so, true. So I think of, I mean, Philippians 1.27 talks about, you know, we're contending side by side for the faith of the gospel. And so when I think about being on the team, I just think of contending side by side um, mm-hmm. with my brothers and sisters. Yeah. And so as a single right. person um, in particular, there are some advantages. And I want to make sure in this, if we won't be able to get to everything, but there are advantages and disadvantages. There are struggles unique to married and there are struggles unique to Let's singles. Let's hear them. Do you have and a so, list or but, do you have an idea? <laughs> I am better at the macro than I am the micro, I will say. But let me, I will share, (laughs) I will share um, one opportunity that I had and that goes in with one of the advantages is that advantages, one of the advantages is that singles do usually have a lot more freedom in, in like how they spend their time, a lot more flexibility. And I think about this with you know, the other females on my team that have kids, I've, I've never had to think about nursing a child or checking in with my husband or anything like that. Sure. Yeah. Um, when I have different opportunities, I'm not trying to weigh it out with my spouse about how he, he is doing. And so there is some freedom. Um, I know here singles on our field, uh, they're able to stay up later. <laughs> like then most of the married yeah. couples, they're up till one or two in the evening um, in good circumstances, you know, drinking sure. coffee, because that's when, that's when people do that here. And it's, I mean, one of the great advantages is just, you can have more flexibility with your time. Um, but another one, like I said, is freedom. And just to share one story, I'm a, I'm a musician. Um, and I had the opportunity to travel with a local group here, a local group of musicians to go on a nine day trip that included a 20 hour, 28 hour bus ride to an international music festival. Whoa. Um, <laughs> That's so cool. It was really cool because I, if I was married, maybe if you're married without kids, you'd have to figure that out. But that's a long yeah, time to be away from your spouse. It takes a lot of planning. Yeah. A lot of planning. And it's a long time. But I was, you know, I'm on a bus ride with this, all these other musicians for 28 hours. Um, and you were smoke. in Europe, right? I mean, that's yes. you're serving in Europe. So I'm it's, serving I mean, in Europe. You what know, a so cool every, opportunity. Yeah, it's it was a fantastic opportunity. So I'm at I'm at this music festival, and there were maybe 15 other countries that were there. I'm the only I'm the only American that is at this. There's no wow. other American that's there. Um, 
I don't know if there was another believer that was part of the musicians. I, I just, yeah. I don't know. Um, I didn't see any evidence of that. I know there sure. wasn't within this music group, but I would not have had the opportunity to live life on life with this musical group if I was, especially if I was married with kids, but maybe not even with a spouse. It was just, it's just very, very different. And so um, I'll share one illustration of this. I remember Tim Keller's wife, Kathy Keller, shared a picture that moving a, a family is like moving a semi-truck, uh, but moving a single, well, it's like a motorcycle. So you turn a family like a semi-truck, but you turn a single like a motorcycle. And that's 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 pretty true. <laughs> oh, I can see that visually, like perfectly, how a semi has to make like an eight-point turn maybe to, to like make a big uh, U-turn, but a motorcycle can just whip around and it's, it's, no, it's no trouble. Wow. Yeah, but- yeah, it was an incredible. I mean, and just to be welcome into their community and the opportunities to share, like, again, life on life with them, share truth with them. Share, I did share the gospel with them in natural times after that many days. It was very different. It's just, it, that's just, that's just one example. Of, yeah. Thanks of being, for sharing that. I'm curious now, on. what have been some other, let me, let's start with other, maybe one and go to the other, but what have been, um, the advantages that you've also seen, maybe not even for you, but just what you've heard from others as well, from like a, a collective experience of what are some advantages as a single man or woman um, that you think c- kind of comes along with global mission? Yeah. And I I would say the first thing that comes to mind is relationships. And when I came on the field, I was the only single person on our team. And uh, I... I was lonely and I want to say that like I I needed some community and I couldn't find that on my team. We just didn't click as well as I thought I'd come on the field and we'd be BFFs, best friends forever on a team, yeah. but ended up because um, I was single and I wasn't finding my relational needs on the team. It would force me out into the culture. And then I I ended up having deeper relationships quicker than a lot of a lot mm-hmm. of the other married couples on the team. And I don't want to discount that because they have their own types of relationships and those types sure. of things. But, but a lot of times singles are able to have a lot more relationships and a lot more cultural experiences. Um, I think of the visual of like a redwood tree, a redwood tree, tall, it, it grows up really tall, but its roots don't go very deep, but they're intertwined with other redwood trees. <laughs> so that's right. Yeah. Our, our roots may not go as deep always as married couples, but we, but they go wider. And that's, that's the honest truth of a lot of people that come on the field single. Um, yeah, that's a very practical, very oh, that's good cool. picture. Yeah. yeah. So relationships is definitely an advantage or just building kind of those quicker friendships um, with people. Um, anything else standing out to you about what are kind of the bigger advantages? Yeah, I would. In addition to what I've already mentioned, I would just say the ability to take risks, and I and I don't believe in taking risks just to take risks, but I think of the apostles like Paul in the New Testament and some of the other ones um, who were single, and I mean they would have been terrible spouses, they would have been terrible husbands, <laughs> you know. Oh yeah, such a good point. <laughs> you know, and I and I I know we have a team with. Um, our organization that is working in in Africa in a location I can't share, um, but they're involved in like a nomadic type ministry that 
I'm just not sure how that would, it would, it would just be, I'm not sure how a married couple or especially with kids would be able to engage in that, but they're able to do things like that in a different way hmm. um, than if you're married. So I, I, the ability to take risks, I hope that's an okay to, word to use because you oh, don't yeah. just want to take yeah. risks for risk's sake, but I think it is different for a single than yes. a married, married with kids. I'm curious your thoughts on this, Junia, because I've actually heard a lot of I guess this was more when I was in college. Um, A lot of my friends making kind of a, not a case for, but they were definitely thinking about, is it safe for me as a woman? Maybe men haven't really, don't have to think through certain things that women do, maybe even specifically more in like Middle East countries or more Mm -hmm. Muslim related countries. But um, what do you think would be, uh, I guess maybe this would transition us now to disadvantages, but what do you think has to be thought through in terms of even safety as a single person going overseas? If, if that even is a big part of it, I don't know. Yeah, I would, I would definitely um, be thinking about these things. Like I, I think about that verse in Philippians, many people know it's like pray in all types of circumstances and, you know, God wants us to pour our hearts behind in front of him. He wants us to be shrewd. He wants us to be aware. And so, um, and one of the things to be aware of is that, in a lot of these countries that is more risk. And Mm -hmm. I, the country that I serve in the context that I serve in, it is predominantly more of a Muslim context and, um, doesn't have the same type of, uh, risks that in a middle Eastern country um, that they have there, but it does have carry its own, its own differences between being married. And so I, I have friends of mine to see use the Middle Eastern context. I do, I do know of women there that are oftentimes, you know, sexually abused and harassed. And when I say sexual abuse, it's like more, not anything too explicit, but, but just harassment is probably a better word for it. Okay. okay. Um, and so I think, I think it is good to kind of ask these questions, but it's, it's part of just being wise. And I would just say, I just wouldn't want that to be something that holds people back from being involved somehow. Mm-hmm. And because I think the mistake, there's two mistakes with that of saying, oh, I'm not going to be safe. Therefore, I should not go, even though God is calling me to go. Um, or you're going to say there are no risks. I'm just going to go anyway. I think both. Yeah. I think both are mistakes. Both <laughs> so, both are, are risky, so to speak. Yes. No, I, I love that. Um, I'm glad you said that. I think. I wouldn't want anyone listening today that um, is currently single, but perhaps doesn't always want to be single or, or, you know, really desires to be married to think, you know, it's not safe for me to go right now. So I'm going to wait till I'm married and then go. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't say that to say that, you know, it's not okay to think through things in our life or to, you know, count the cost, but, but just to say that, you know, I can look at your life, Junia, and see how God has, um, protected you. He has wrapped his arms around you and given you great friendship and connection. And like you said, brothers and sisters on your teams, um, over the last decade, you know, serving to where, um, you have been, um, protected. And perhaps that doesn't mean that that comes without risk entirely. There could be things short that have happened, you know, here and there where things where you think, oh, that was kind of a strange experience as a single person. Um, but I, I'm thankful that you have not counted yourself out in that regard. Um, well, and so and I, I think, yeah, I'm so sorry to interrupt you, but I think no, I, have no, please illustri- do. I think I have a good illustration for this. Oh, let's hear it. So I was more in the camp of just go, God will protect me. <laughs> like, okay, don't think about it. That was more of my 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 bent. And 
my second my second month on the field, I was actually mugged. Um, oh, like wow. I had a group of men surround me and push me to the ground and rob me. Um, and this was not very late in the evening. I don't want to say this to scare anybody, but it did happen here. Sure. And it was because I wasn't being wise. I was walking somewhere like in an alleyway in the dark. It was very foolish of me to do the things I was doing. And so it did happen. I'm, I don't, but here's the thing is that the community that heard about this completely surrounded them. They surrounded me yeah. <laughs> in a way that yeah. I don't think they would have if I was married because they were like, oh, this single person, you know, we need to help her. So the community surrounded me sure. and God used that. He used that to humble me and to show me that he will protect me and he is with me, but it may not look the way that I thought it would look, which I thought it would look like no problems, <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. Well, Hey, I don't want to disregard that. I'm so sorry that happened to you. Um, that was wrong and I'm so sorry it happened. And I'm so glad the community surrounded you and you felt the support of, of people around you who cared about you and um, could help you feel safe moving forward. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. Yeah. And I'm grateful. I appreciate that. And I'm grateful for how God has used it in my life, has redeemed it so many times over and taught me a lot through it too. Sure. Yeah. Wow. This is, yeah, you're right. This is a big conversation as far as um, counting the cost. What is risk? How do we assess risk? How do we still trust God in the face of risk? This is all really big. So I'm I'm glad we're getting the conversation started here, even though maybe we won't finish it, but I'm glad we're getting it started. So um, I hope it's provoking conversation with people even listening today and, and people who hear this later. So um, back to our original kind of conversation here. We were talking about advantage and disadvantages. So I want to revisit now back to disadvantages of maybe things you've experienced or even heard from other people who, who have you know gone uh, to pursue global mission single. Um, what have been some of the disadvantages of that? Yeah. So I, I want to kind of speak to the story of um, Ruth and Boaz in the Bible. I really appreciate Ruth's posture in this. So he, she felt called um, yet she was also really open about what her desire is for marriage. Yes, I think she's actually she really, <laughs> it's really interesting. It's a very interesting to, thing to look at. Yeah. And so um, just as far as she was on mission, if you want to use those words, but then God ended up while she was on mission, brought that to her. She won't, God isn't going to bring that to everybody. I will say that, Yeah. but it's an interesting um, study to look at for those that are single or single again. But as far as, I mean, disadvantages, just, I mean, very practically, um, well, yeah, very practically, if you're a single, it's, it can be hard. One of the, one of, we like to say the only constant on the field is change. And so, <laughs> yeah. um, which I found that to be true. Totally. And so, um, just going back to the redwood tree analogy, uh, there is a lot of beauty to that picture that you can stand tall and you have a lot of roots that are intertwining with others. Um, but the challenge is that those you intertwine with may be changing a lot and, uh, in, in trying to build community locally and also internationally, it can be a challenge. And when things continue to change, it, yeah, it can, it could be, it can be a, dis like, I, I guess I'll just keep using the word challenge. Um, and that can be tied into loneliness too. Um, and those are, those are real things. Those are absolutely real things. Um, and those are probably the big things that I can think of, the big, the two big things right there. And that's why I keep saying, even for singles, for everybody, we're, we are called to community. We do want to have community 
Um, but we want to make sure that we're intentional about that. Um, I'll also mention this too, um, is in some of these cultures, uh, your, your honor um, and your worth can be seen if you're married or not. And mm-hmm. this is especially true in Muslim context, but not only actually. Um, and this is true for men and women. I very wrongly um, assume that a that men especially that their maturity can be tied to whether or not they're married and they have children. Oh wow! And so okay. I think this can be particularly a challenge for single men. Um, is yeah, of just of just the way that the culture can view them if they're if they're single, um, that can be a challenge and. Um, also just some of the different struggles that can come on the field. Um, yeah, you just want, again, that's where the community comes in, but that's, those are probably some of the big ones right there. Okay. Uh, that's so interesting with the cultural context, even for men. I don't Mm -hmm. know why, maybe it's because I am a woman, but I think I've only (laughs) really considered, um, kind of the role of singleness and global mission for women. But obviously, it's just as applicable and relevant and and uh, important that we talk about this for men too. And I would never have thought that there would be a cultural disadvantage for a man um, serving global mission if they weren't married. That's so interesting, and I'm glad you said that. Yeah, and we have to look back at the beginning of missions and how much have been started by single men. I think we've lost some of that. And so, just as a very practical thing, I this is part of the reason why I encourage churches and to, to use the word single man instead of single guy, <laughs> just because oh, I think okay. the words that we use are really important. And so yes. that's just a very, that's a very practical thing. We can talk about single women and single men, not just single women and single guys. <laughs> so. Oh, that's good. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for sharing yeah. that. That is helpful. Um, okay. I know we're pressed for time and we could probably talk forever. I know I could about this topic, um, but I wanted to contribute just one of each, if I can, to the list of advantage and disadvantage. Mm-hmm. Um, as you were speaking it, I actually had thought of something that had I had experienced a while back. Um, when I was in college, I wanted to pursue global mission in China um, and I, I wasn't dating it. I wasn't married. So um, I was considering that. And so I went to visit China actually for my winter break, um, my senior year of college. And my sister was actually living over there and she was teaching at a, a, a school, international school there and um, living, you know, by herself. I mean, I guess she had a roommate, but she was, she didn't have a ton of white friends. I mean, she was, she was really working and living amongst um, a Chinese uh, slash international community. And so I went to visit her and I kind of saw, I stayed there for two weeks with her and I saw her life just play out. I mean, as a single woman, um, what did it look like? What were, what were the friends she had? What was the, you know, the level of safety she could have, I guess, you know, where she was living in Beijing at the time. And um, I learned a ton from that experience, but basically I left that trip thinking I could do that. Like I could see myself being woven into the community there and Mm -hmm. as a single woman. And I had actually, I mean, I really wanted to be married. I mean, it's not like I didn't took that desire away. I mean, I would have loved to have been married, but I really thought I could do this. And so I wonder too, I don't know if that's an advantage or disadvantage, you know, what category this is going into, but basically I'm trying to say that I guess I would encourage anyone who is, you know, woman or man considering themselves going overseas 
it might be really encouraging or even helpful if you were able to get to know someone else who's gone before you and you can kind of glean from them and see what it's looked like for them and ask questions. And so I guess I would encourage anybody who's, well, and I guess that's not even limited to obviously just single people, but married people as well. But I guess the takeaway is it could be really encouraging to see how others have done it. And so I think, you know, by hearing these stories on the the podcast or whether it's getting to know an organization and getting to know their people who are serving there right now, that brought me so much empowerment. And I just didn't feel afraid to go, even though by nature I was a scaredy cat all through college. And so I don't know, I guess that was something too, where it, it was an advantage for me to get to know somebody else who was doing it and to see how it looked for them rather going into it blindly thinking, okay, like I have no idea where I'm going or, you know, no one can give me any kind of cultural context. And so obviously there's things to know about living in China. If you're, you know, walking alone at night, there's good things to know. So I could learn that from her. Um, and the other thing I was going to mention is I don't want to leave out married couples here thinking, well, yeah. great, they're toast. They have no opportunities <laughs> overseas. Like they can just forget about no. it. Because actually then fast forward, then when I did get married to Ethan and we moved, we were going to move overseas to Japan, we took a survey trip to go visit the teams that were living there. And the team leaders told us, you know what? I think your ministry is actually going to thrive if you ever have children here. And I was like, excuse me, what does that even mean? (laughs) Like, could we not thrive, you know, before that? But she said, I don't know what it is, but every time we bring our kids to the park, people flock to me because they love children. They love the idea of small, cute, you know, kids out here playing. And people have just flocked to me as a result. And I've made so many friends when I bring my children. But when I'm outside walking alone, nobody looks at me. Not to say that, you know, people are cold if you don't have kids or anything. But she was saying, so I guess I'm trying to contribute too that there are going to be advantages and disadvantages for every single person and status and, you know, relationship situations that goes overseas. And so I think, like you said, then it all comes back to the relationship and and the priority we put on investing in our um, love of God and mm-hmm. the identity we have in him and the security that we feel from being um, forgiven and loved and sent by God. That's where our, you know, the fruit and the strength of our ministry will come from. And then I think the advantages and disadvantages are just going to flow. They're going to come and go as we are single, as we are married. And so I'm thrilled, Junia, that you shared all this with me because now I'm feeling excited for anybody who's considering themselves going. This is is all good news. I want you to hit us real quick with like just some straight theology of what have you learned even from scripture um, that has given you insight into what does God say about singleness? If you could hit us real quick with that. Yeah. And just to respond to what you said, something that's really interesting to study about different stages of life is just go back and look at the prophets and see how sure. God used yeah. their relationship status for his purposes. That's it's right. fantastic. Yeah. It's it's great to see how God uses. And I 100% agree I love, on our, I love in our context, we have all stages, young, old, people that are new to the field, people that have been yes. here for the field for the long time. And widowed, um, single, I think, and is, widowed. is interesting. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, every stage. Absolutely. God uses uses all. It's it's a beautiful, yeah. and you see that in scripture. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, abs- I would love to share just a really quick highlight just for the um, 
the theology of singleness from scripture. And one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about it is that there's no other major religion that speaks about singleness the way that biblical Christianity does. Mm -hmm. And I think the, the clearest way to see that is if you look at the new encyclopedia for Judaism, uh, they actually talk about how uh, marriage is a commandment in Jewish tradition and celibacy is deplored. <laughs> they use the word deplored. No <laughs> so, so, so you have that, which, you know, the Torah, the Old Testament, and then you have that. And then all of a sudden you have to ask yourself the question, how do we get from that to Paul saying in, in Corinthians uh, that it's good to be single? Like, mm -hmm. how do you yeah. actually get there? Yeah. And the way that we get there is the gospel. It's Jesus. And just really, just to touch on it, I would encourage people that want to look into this, is just to look at Isaiah 53. And you see this so clearly identified in Isaiah 53 and Isaiah 54, because in Isaiah 53, it talks about the suffering servant. It talks about how when he's cut off from the land of the living, when he dies, um, the next statement is he shall see his offspring, which doesn't make any sense. Mm. Because in the Old Testament, offspring was meant to see as like biological. So it's like, how are you going to see your offspring? And so you see, he will see his offspring in Isaiah 53. And then directly in Isaiah 54, the barren woman is told to sing and rejoice because she will have more children than her who is married. Which if you were reading this in Old Testament times and for the first time, it would make, it would just be world changing. It's huge. Mm -hmm. And so that's Isaiah 53 or Isaiah 54. And then if you go on, it talks about eunuchs, um, eunuchs having an everlasting name. That's in Isaiah 56. And all this to say, uh, because of the gospel, because of God's kingdom being uh, grown through spiritual offspring, uh, it's, we see this we see this proclamation that Paul ends up making that singleness is good. So it's not, it's not for small reasons. It's for huge reasons that singleness is declared a good thing. And it's because of Jesus. It's because of the gospel. And it's because of that, that singles can live their singleness to the glory of God, um, whether they are single for a short amount of time or single until a little bit longer or single again. Um, it's that's why. And then the last thing I'll mention with it too is if you think about it eternally too, where um, it talks about in Matthew that uh, we will not be married or given in marriage, uh, but we'll all be like angels in heaven. So we're not going to have marriage in heaven. So it's even like a picture. Yeah. It can be a picture of eternal truths too. So that's kind of a snapshot of it, but I, it's, there is a tremendous truth in scripture that you won't see in any other religions. And I just, it's huge. It's absolutely worldview changing. Well, I should say so. This feels a little <laughs> mind blowing and I want to go read Isaiah right now. Um, <laughs> gosh, I don't even want to say anything. I just want all of that to breathe and I want everyone to rewind, you know, the, the episode, uh, what was it, five minutes and just listen to that all again. <laughs> um, thank you for your perspective and the insight into what God has given us, his word. And I pray that everyone, um, can look to God, look to his word to see um, what this will look like for them. 
to see how um, the invitation that's waiting, the opportunities, um, the delight that that is that is their inheritance. So thank you for for sharing that theology. I I would hate for this conversation just to be built off of like our experiences and what people say versus obviously what God Himself has has given us as singles and as marrieds and the unique gifts of both and the unique um, advantages and disadvantages. So. Thank you for that, Junia. That's so wise. I'm thankful for your experience. But um, anything I didn't ask you that I wish that that you wish I would have, or just kind of a lasting word for us on this episode. I don't know if it's much of a lasting word, but I more than anything else, I just want people to know their first calling is to Him. And if you have any question about what you should do, if you should, if you're called to missions, great. Ask God about it. If you're called to stay, ask God about it. That really. I really, more than anything else, I, I I just want people to know that's truly their first calling. And missionaries are not more spiritual people. They're not higher up, you know. We're, we're all just sinful people trying to walk in obedience to what God calls us to do. So if you want to prepare to go overseas as a single, as a married, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and love others as you love yourself. Yeah. Well, you heard it here first, folks. That's it. I love it. Um, Thank you for your time and this content and your wisdom. I'm grateful for everyone to get to hear it. Yeah. Thanks for the opportunity. Thanks for making time for our discussion today. If you've got questions or feedback, send us a DM on our Instagram at Relentless Pursuit Podcast or contact us through our website at RelentlessPursuitPodcast.org. You are not alone in the relentless pursuit of God's glory. We are here with you and are passionate about helping you take your next step.